Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Well, we've all heard that expression as kids. But now, with the current state of affairs being what they are in our country, words are causing a whole lot of harm. So I think it's time we had one of those, what people like to say, one of those uncomfortable conversations. So, like I said before, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. Well, last week, my podcast was all about lots of talking, but nobody's listening. Unfortunately, nothing has changed. That, that seems to be the major, major problem in our country right now. Everybody's got a whole lot to say about this, that, and the other thing. But nobody wants to listen to what anybody's got to say about this, that, and the other thing. It's all talk and nobody's listening. But not just talk. But really what I call inflammable talk, volatile talk, incendiary talk. And with that title comes irresponsible, irresponsible talk. You know, people, you've heard this several times, you know, if if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. I don't necessarily agree with that because sometimes that's what, you know, when people say you've got to have these uncomfortable conversations, sometimes it's not very nice, but it needs to be said. But anything that should be said or will be said should be said with some responsibility, with some thoughtfulness. Think before you speak. What are you trying to achieve? Is it a means to an end? Or is it just 
hey, let me jump on the bandwagon because it's in vogue now to say this. It's in vogue now to say that. It's right to pander to this. It's right to pander to that. It's popular. So let me say it. And there's been a whole lot of that. You know, we've heard this, and and I hate saying it this way because it sounds divisive. But what I'm trying to do is stop divisiveness. And if if you've listened to my podcast, if you really have bothered to listen to my podcast, that's what I've tried to do, is stop the divisiveness. But I'm hearing things now, it just continues to divide. And when I say divide, divide the lines between white and black. And I don't think it's proper. I really don't. And the latest one came from Stephen A. Smith, very popular, very popular man with uh, ESPN. Not just popular, but good at what he does. Very opinionated, much like myself. So I'm, I'm, any and everybody is entitled to an opinion. Very brash. They pay him a lot of money for doing what he does at ESPN. And he's very, very good at it. But he did something last week that I thought was totally irresponsible. As I say, incendiary, volatile, inflammable, shit-disturbing, trouble-causing, just doing it for the sake of doing it because it's the popular popular discussion right now. What am I talking about? If some of you aren't sports fans and weren't paying attention, Steve Nash, former NBA player, Hall of Famer, former league MVP, former NBA All-Star multiple times. Great, great player. He was named as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, he got the job without any prior coaching experience. He had a position as a consultant with the Golden State Warriors, but no no prior coaching experience. So, he's not the first player to be named a head coach without any prior coaching experience. Jason Kidd, Derek Fisher, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson. There's more. Okay, he's not the first one to be named a head coach without any head coaching experience. But what does Stephen A. Smith do? Stephen A. Smith says he got the job because of white privilege. Got the job because of white privilege. Mark Jackson, 
another guy who who was the head coach of the um, Golden State Warriors, got the job without any prior experience. Nobody said that was black privilege. But Steve Nash was labeled, and Stephen A. Smith is the only person that said this. He got the job, he called it white privilege. He called it white privilege, and then he defended himself See, because he was taken to task right away. And he was taken to task by the likes of former NBA players, great ones such as Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Jay Williams, football player, now ESPN uh, radio man. Keyshawn Johnson. They all took him to task. Why? Because color had nothing to do with it. But when they took him to task, instead of maybe owning up, instead of maybe saying, I jumped the gun on this, I didn't think it out, No, he doubled down and was indignant about it and said any of his critics can all kick rocks. Well, the only place the rocks are located with this remark are between the ears in his head of Stephen A. Smith. And how did he double down? Because he said, well, those guys, when Derek Fisher got the job with the Knicks, the Knicks stunk. When this guy got the job with the 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 uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, they weren't that good. When this guy, give me a break. And he goes, but, but, Steve Nash gets the job with a, a team, he's a white guy, getting a job with a team that has a chance to win a championship. Why does it have a chance to win a championship, folks? Because it's got superstars, two of them, on the team. Kevin Durant, who had to sit out last season being injured, and Kyrie Irving, who was injured part of the season. Not good, superstars. Both of them bona fide. And guess what, folks? They... Durant and Irving gave the stamp of approval. They wanted Steve Nash. They gave the stamp of approval to the GM, Sean Marks, who, by the way, played in the NBA with Steve Nash. So Sean Marks was familiar with him, and Sean Marks hired him. In our industry or your industry or my industry, it's what you call networking. You know people. uh, You know what they're about. Sometimes that's how you get jobs. All righty? So this is white privilege, he calls it. And he says the reason they got the job is because a black guy would never be given the chance 
to coach a championship team. I, I mean, you're going to look for every under every nook and cranny of her, under every rock to find an excuse. But the reason I'm I'm excited about this it, to me, it's not a sports story. It's it's a much bigger story than that. It's a story about lighting the match, throwing kerosene into a fireplace to have an explosion because race is what everybody's talking about. And woo, white privilege. White privilege, my ass. Now, I'll be frank with you. A lot of times I question when a guy gets a head coaching job without experience. In fact, when I heard that Steve Nash got the job, I said, I don't know about that. No coaching experience. I know great player, but I've said that about other guys. I've said it about the guys I mentioned. Some of them turned out well, some of them not so well. But white privilege? Really? As I said, that is inflammatory, volatile, incendiary. It's bullshit. Plain and simple. It's disgraceful. And what bothered me about it, Stephen A. Smith is not a dumb guy. He, as I said, he's very good at what he does, and he's bright. But that's bullshit. And you're in a position, I mean, you have leverage. You say things and people listen. So there's responsibility. There is a great divide in this country. So let's have this uncomfortable conversation that so many people like to talk about. Do I think there's racism? You bet your sweet ass I do in this country. Yes, there is. I know it exists. I've seen it from being a kid growing up in the 50s and 60s to where we are today. I've seen it. I still see it. But you know what? Guess what? You know what the secret is? There's a secret to it. Racism goes both ways. Yeah, racism goes both ways. So we need to have this uncomfortable conversation. Like I brought it up last week with you. Former First Lady, Michelle Obama. Now, here's a lady that has people's attention. And she had the nerve to talk about on her podcast about white America acts like black women don't exist. They just look through us like we're not there. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, who's trying to be the next vice president of the United States. I quote, the reality is that life of a black person in America has never been treated as fully human. Black person in America has never been treated as fully human. You are have you have the opportunity to be the vice president of the United States and possibly should things work out the way you would hope they would from your perspective 
Kamala Harris, a president of the United States. Michelle Obama, you were married to a man who won the election to be president of the United States, not once, but twice. And people are telling me, you, a black person with responsibility, I get you trying to win an election, but you're going to say America has never treated black person as fully human? I find that offensive. You know why? I take it personal. Because I don't treat black people that way. Never did. Not growing up with them. Not now. So I'm personally offended when you make a horseshit remark like that. You want to make remarks that there are people in this country who don't treat us right. We're not looked upon right. We have issues. You want to complain about certain people within the police. I get you. But when you take a broad brush and you make white, make it white America thinks this way, I'm part of white America. So that's bullshit. When I see thousands, yeah, not, not a thousand, thousands, several thousands of black people killed within their community by other black people, should I paint black America with the same brush that you're painting white America? And you, the Michelle Obamas, you, the Kamala Harrises, you, the Stephen A. Smiths, you are people in power. And don't get me wrong. I've criticized the current president of the United States for tweeting and making remarks. People in position got to be smarter than that. But we, we're having this discussion, as we say, uncomfortable conversation. So let's continue with the uncomfortable conversation. You tell me about it. Really? Here's, a, here's an uncomfortable conversation. You don't, you, you don't think ever a white person felt they got screwed out of a job because they weren't a minority or a white kid couldn't get into school or couldn't get money? a scholarship that a minority can get. It happens. It happens. So should we label everything unfair? No. But for a kid who doesn't have, you know, how about my business? There are people know it for a fact. Oh, this guy, uh, they're looking for a black person for the position. Looking for a black anchor, looking for a black sportscaster. Should, should, should that be called black privilege or or a, an, an HR f- position in a company or a corporation? No, we got to hire the. Come on. The reason I'm using that in, as an example, because I don't want to paint the brush with every situation. But now, in particular today, with what is going on in the country, for people to come out with these remarks, this white privilege business. You you know, you've heard me say this before. Don't tell me about my white privilege. All right. I'm a housing project kid. Grew up in the projects. Don't remember when my old man wasn't working at least two jobs. Had a mentally handicapped brother. Father died, dropped dead when he was 47. Don't tell me about my white privilege. Don't paint everybody with the brush. 
If somebody wants to feel guilty because of their white privilege, that's on them. But don't paint me with that brush. Just like I shouldn't paint you with the brush. I shouldn't call you a thug because what's happening in your neighborhood. Just yesterday at 3 o'clock in the morning, there were there was a shooting in the shootings in Brooklyn. Five people, including a six-year-old boy, was shot. Fortunately, nobody uh, was killed. Should I paint the brush? Should we say, oh, that's it, black people. That's how they act. White privilege? Because a guy got a job as a basketball coach, it was white privilege. It was white privilege that the two biggest stars on a team, black stars, wanted him. Gave him the stamp of approval. I, I didn't hear anybody calling uh, Kyrie Irving and I didn't hear Stephen A. Smith calling Kyrie Irving and uh, uh, Kevin Durant uh, d- disgraces to their color, turning on their brothers. Didn't hear that. White privilege. Again, I know. And believe me, folks, this week I, I really was thinking, let me just talk about sports this week. The football season is upon us. Uh, you know, you're in the Stanley Cup. You know, you know, the playoffs are going on. We're into the conference finals now. Uh, NBA playoffs. I, you know, okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Uh, in Louisville, we just had the Kentucky Derby. A couple of owners of Neckar Island. The horse was like a 50 to one shot. Happened to be black. So Black Lives Matter, the organization, they were protesting in Louisville about the race, the Kentucky Derby being held. And they didn't want Neckar Island to be in the race. They wanted these owners to be out of the race. The owners said no. What, what, What were the owners Uncle Tom's? No, I'll tell you what the owners were. They were men. One of the owners' great-grandfather was a groom for one of the great horses of all time, Man of War. How about that? His grandfather was a groom. The horse was Dark Star in 1953, who won the Kentucky Derby for uh, cosmetics mogul Elizabeth Arden. And then in 1962, the grandfather was an owner of a horse. The name escapes me now. In 1962. But his grandfather couldn't be in the stands because it was white only. So this man, these two black men had a chance to be in the Kentucky Derby, showing that people of color can be owners, be included. What were they? Were they Uncle Tom's for being in the race? And they both said, we're supporters of Black Lives Matter. But we want to show inclusion. We want to be included. And believe me, they didn't have much of a chance at 50 to 1, 45 to 1, whatever the hell it was. But the point was, if you don't get in the gate, you don't have a chance. So really, it's too easy It's too easy, and and I get it. There are white people with their heads in the sand. 
No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They don't want to know about racism. They don't care. I, I totally get it, and I know it exists. But racism works the other way as well. And if you don't think that's the truth, then you have your head in the sand. So if we're going to continue to have discussions on race, if we're going to continue to be open and honest about it, then let's be open and honest about it. When I hear LeBron James, a man in high position, people, all kinds of people, white, black, blue, green, buying his merchandise. When he says, well, you know, black people, we're afraid to walk in the street. We're afraid we're going to get killed. Trust me, LeBron, and I've said this before, folks, you've heard it. You got a much better chance of being killed. Your brother and your people got a much better chance of being killed by another black person than a cop. As I say, stand up, support your community 1,000%. Stand up and fight against racism 1,000%. But say it with responsible remarks. Because all this shit that I'm talking about, all these remarks that you're hearing me talking about, all it does is create division. And that goes against what everybody is trying to do now. Close the, the gap. Erase the division. But if shit like this continues to be said time and time and time and time again, the problem's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. You know, everybody can do all this politically correct correct stuff and say this and wear these shirts and have these slogans and paint these murals. It doesn't mean shit unless people are talking and listening to each other. So, yeah, we need all these conversations. Not only listen, but listen to these in uncomfortable conversations. It shouldn't be me listen, wanting to listen to you and you wanting to listen to me. We should be listening together. Yes. White has to listen to black. Black has to listen to white. So, yeah, let's continue these uncomfortable conversations. All right? Let's move forward. But we can't move forward if our heads are up our asses. Yeah, conversations need to be uncomfortable. But the words we express, in particular people in position, words with authority, people with authority, need to express them by thinking first. What are you trying to achieve? Now, if you're just trying to light a match, then I'll just say you're full of shit. If you're trying to solve something, solve an issue, solve a problem, then let's talk about it. And that's a wrap on today. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg on Facebook. You can also check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to Ariel, who takes such good care of me here, uh, putting this together. My thanks to 77 WABC program director Dave Labrosi, his top-notch five-star assistant, Matt Dahl, President and GM of WABC, Chad Lopez. And last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you, the people out there. Because without you, the people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. And remember, think before you speak. Next time.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells... Amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.